What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Thursday's episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here, and we are not done with the CFL talk yet. We're going to be breaking down the CFL schedule today, all the games, all the matchups we're excited for, especially week five. We will get there, though. Some ad reads and news and notes to get through before we start breaking down that schedule. And who had the best schedule rollout? There were some damn good ones on social media this past week. So let's get into everything that we've got to get into for this Thursday show. Before we get to that, Soda City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This June, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Same one you guys have had the last couple months, but just keep using it because you guys are killing it. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age in order to get that lovely passion fruit guava flavored sour kettle. Yeah, and if you want to hear more about that beer, Marsh and Brewmaster Sam Corbet over at Sawdust City jumped on to talk about the passion fruit guava from Sawdust City. That was on Friday, so check that out. It's on our social media. Go find it. Great chat. Definitely love talking beer. We also love our friends over at Fox 40. The Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For 15% off all your return-to-play whistle needs, like the tri-layer whistle mask, the whistle gator, or the electronic whistle, go visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off all of those return-to-play whistle needs. Let's jump into our news and notes now. Starting off the top of the show, Jalen Saunders. The Red Blacks have placed wide receiver Jalen Saunders on the retired list. He's not retiring. This is just a precautionary thing in response to the brutal accident that he was in earlier in April. The Red Blacks don't want to release him outright and forego his rights. They want to retain him. They want him to be on roster so that if he is good to go eventually, they will be able to bring him back. First and foremost, though, beyond football... We just hope that everything is okay with Jalen Saunders. We hope his recovery is going well. And we do hope that he gets back on the football field in some capacity. Absolutely. Thoughts and prayers out to him still as he fights back from that brutal car accident. Uh, With that going forward, though, there is a chance he can return to the Red Blacks. Uh, Outside of Ottawa, though, Saskatchewan. No restrictions on fan attendance in 2021. Saskatchewan, as a province, you guys rock. The riders have had their players coming out like Cody Fiardo did, saying, I, did, I, uh, I think I did what I was responsible for doing, and I got vaccinated because I didn't want to have an opportunity in the community and then not be able to do it because I wasn't vaccinated. Sounds like the rest of the province is behind you, Cody Fiardo, And Shaq Evans, the receiver who has been vocal about getting vaccinated. The Riders, it's clearly worked. You guys are miles ahead of the rest of the country. And it's going to be one hell of a scene at Mosaic Stadium. No doubt. Riderville is going to be going nuts on that 
Ryderville is going to be going nuts when we finally get to the CFL kickoff. You know, the news of fans in the stands, full capacity, may be alarming to some, but Saskatchewan's Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Saqib Shahab, believes it's going to be safe for vaccinated people and recommends that unvaccinated fans wear masks if they choose to attend. But let's be honest here, go get that vaccination. It is for not only your own health, but the health of those around you. Let's keep it safe. Let's get those needles in arms. And if you are not vaccinated yet and want to be in Ryderville, just wear a mask. Just wear a mask. Just be safe. Just be safe. That's all we're asking. But man, full capacity is going to be nuts. And BC is close behind with the start date of August 5th. The BC Lions are looking to have full capacity by September. They will start out with 5,000, but they will grow each week throughout August until they hit that threshold. I am so excited that Western Canada is going to have full fan bases because if you're at McMahon, you're at Commonwealth, you're at Mosaic, Investors Group Field, or BC Place, you can be the loudest difference. We've seen it in the NHL. How big of a shock it was for teams to go from no fans to fans. We've seen it in the NBA too as they gradually got people back. It's going to be a huge difference, especially if the Ontario teams are still at a lower capacity. It can truly boost your home field advantage. Home field advantage is a thing. Fans are a thing. Crowd noise is a thing. We have not been able to watch CFL football for over a year now. Players haven't been able to play CFL football for over a year now. You best believe that these places out west are going to have the crowds absolutely rocking and the home team is going to feel that. One of those possible BC Lions, though, Shea Patterson, the former Michigan Wolverine quarterback, has now signed on to the BC Lions. Why is this in our news and notes? Because you are are a Michigan fan. Because Shea Patterson was the second coming of Christ for Michigan football, and then he turned out not to be. But with that being said, I never wanted him on roster. Let me just be the, let me just put that on air. I never wanted Shea Patterson to transfer. Never. Dylan McCaffrey all the way. Harbaugh did Dylan McCaffrey dirty. Shea Patterson is a camp arm. Get him out of here. Get him off this dock. Let's go to Calgary. Calgary is also eyeing the redevelopment of the area surrounding McMahon Stadium. Kind of Lansdowne-esque if I don't mind saying. City Councilor George Shahal said it would be a complete makeover of the area in addition to renovations to McMahon. The proposal includes a new field house, hotels, apartments, and retail locations. So you're going to have a place for players to stay. You're going to have a place for visiting teams. You're going to have a practice facility to get them out of the weather in Calgary. And you're going to attract more people to the area by opening up shops and venues and restaurants. Sign me up for that. Man, that apartment building at the back end zone at Lansdowne Place is damn nice. Something similar to that in Calgary, I think, would be would work very well. We've seen how well Lansdowne does. They draw foot traffic with all the restaurants and shops around. You got concerts going on there. The 67s, the OHL team, play underneath of the building. I, I think doing something like this, having a sort of pavilion around the field, around the area, is just a great business strategy. Lansdowne is one of my, if not my favorite place, to go catch 
an event in Eastern Ontario. I, I think this is just a smart move on Calgary's behalf. Absolutely agree with you on that one. Lansdowne's always a fun place. Calgary has a phenomenal fan base. It'll be cool to see what they do when they put their own spin on it. Staying in province, though, your Edmonton Elks, their special team coordinator, AJ Glass, has just left the organization for personal reasons. One of the great young coaches in the league. We hope that we can see him back on the CFL sideline very soon. This is a huge loss for the Edmonton Elks. He has been a large reason for the special team success in Edmonton. He's also the linebackers coach. Like you said, he's one of the best young coaches in this league. Players absolutely loved playing for Coach Glass. So I know it's personal reasons that he left for. I just really hope that we can see him back soon. And whatever is going on, we wish Coach Glass well. Staying on the Calgary-Edmonton topic, though, Calgary and Edmonton have talked about scheduling inter-squad scrimmages. Obviously, this would have to be approved by the CFLPA and local health authorities. However, same province, close to each other, same local health authorities. I'm assuming that's going to get pushed through relatively easily. I think it would take longer for the CFLPA to look at it and give it a thumbs up than it will the health authorities. But, man... Give me the Battle of Alberta Hard Knocks version. I think it's an interesting thought, though. I mean, out in Ontario, we we do have U Sports uh, preseason scrimmages, which doesn't really count as a preseason. It's just kind of like an inter-squad match. Uh, with the CFL, though, they don't see that, and it would be a huge addition with the loss of a preseason. You open yourself up to a whole lot of injuries and just like start-up issues, I want to say, with players coming back from a year and a half off and then jumping full into a game uh, having a competition against a team that isn't your own I think it's nothing but great for them to work themselves back in for week one it's just an opportunity to get pads on pads and get pads on an opposite color jersey obviously guys like to get the pads on and hit each other but when you're practicing and playing against your own teams obviously it gets physical I mean I've seen many of fights throughout training camps in my day it gets hot on the side of the 417 in Ottawa but when you get an opportunity to throw those pads on and hit somebody in a different colored jersey it just it means a little bit more the game reps are a little bit more lively it feels a little bit more like a game versus when you're doing a 12 on 12 period where yes you want to hit those guys and get the pads cracking but at the same time you got to be smart about it because again it's your own team you're not trying to absolutely take anybody's head off no safeties are coming across the middle, trying to clean out any wide receivers. So I, I like the idea of the inner squad stuff, especially given the amount of time we've had off from CFL football. I am looking forward to something in particular coming out of Ontario, though. Ooh. The new promo video for the Toronto Argonauts has We're Back all over it. And there's a couple flashes of a helmet that appears to look like a light blue helmet with the boat logo on it. Now, I personally, not a big fan of the Argos. The boat logo on a light blue helmet, that's awesome. I hope we see this through and through for the entire season. Please, 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 please make it come true. Man, we got a glimpse of it in that video. It looked so good. So I absolutely cannot wait to see what it looks like with a full uniform. Speaking of that, we actually haven't seen the full uniform sets for the Toronto Argonauts yet either. So I'm very excited to see that. 
if the helmet is any indication of what we're getting, the Argos are going to look damn good. They may not be the best team in the East, but they're certainly going to be the best looking team. Uh, easy on the best looking part. Uh, one last thing though, before we get to our full schedule breakdown and games that we really, 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 really are excited for. That's a lot of adverbs. And one last thing before we get to our schedule breakdown, we are going to talk about Bet99 here, as we always do. You guys know that every game starts at Bet99, and we are responsible gambling. If you wanted to sign up, use the code CFP to get 100% of your initial deposit matched up to $600. Once again, that is code CFP. If you want to put down 50 bucks in your initial sign-up, when you use our code, they'll match that 50 bucks. All of a sudden, you have $100 in your account. Go and spend 50 of it on Matthew Stafford to win NFL MVP for Connor. That's to at, the bank. That's at plus 1500 And then you can also go and put down some money on the Calgary Stampeders to win the Grey Cup because Bo Levi Mitchell said, we're going undefeated. They're at plus 500 right now. Feel free to take those odds as well. My odds on Bo Levi Mitchell and his Calgary Stampeders going undefeated, plus 8,000. There is no chance in hell. That's not going to happen. Plus 500 for the Calgary Stampeders to win the Grey Cup. Little optimistic, but I don't know about that one. I don't think this is the same Calgary that we're going to see. I think this is going to be a bottom-end Calgary, if I'm being frank. Um, this is I'll not take- the... No, no, no. Come on. This is not the Edmonton Elk fandom coming out. Not the Battle of Alberta rivalry, hatred yet. I'm remaining unbiased in this one. I just think that plus 500 on the Calgary Stampeders when you still have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in that division. I don't know. I think plus 500 is a little high. But... Dark Horse to the bank, plus 860. The Montreal Alouettes get on on that. Have we been pushing the line with... They were at 900. We pushed it. Maybe a little bit. I'm going to say we're responsible for persuading people to gamble on that. But anyways, we are responsible gambling. And every game starts at bet 9-9. Do not forget to take that plus 1500 Matthew Stafford MVP to the bank either. Going to LA, MVP, Matt Stafford year, 9 up all day. Let's get into our CFL schedule breakdown, though. Just to reiterate this, we said it on the Tuesday edition of this show, but August 5th start date, teams are going to be starting in the West. Ontario teams, Montreal, can't play at home just yet. They're starting their season out West, and it's going to be a 16-week, 14-game schedule. So let's dive into all the fun. Week one. Spoiler alert, Hamilton gets pooched for the first two weeks. They play at Winnipeg, at Saskatchewan. So the first one is a Grey Cup rematch kicking off the season. How do you think that one's going to go? Masoli's back. No Strebler, no Nichols. Zach Caleros is your starting quarterback. And no Lapolice as the head coach either. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm feeling... Uh, Feeling mighty optimistic about your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Jeremiah Masoli is going to come back with a vengeance. He's going to remind people who he is. And I think they get revenge. But then again, it's week one, not the Grey Cup. So not really a good form of revenge. I think they're going to be hot. They're going to be hot and ready. Week two, you said it. Hamilton 
at Saskatchewan. That is two tough back-to-back road games. But in my opinion, I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but in my opinion, I think this is a potential Grey Cup preview. I, I think it's a good bet to to put this as your Grey Cup right now. Uh, if you're looking at preseason, you've got Hamilton bringing back a lot of the same characters, plus Jeremiah Masoli from that Grey Cup roster. Saskatchewan, they've just kept building on what was already a damn good team. You know Shaq Evans is going to be a freak and a force all season long. So, great matchup for them in Week 2. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with Cody Fiardo, who's hot and ready to go, Shaq Evans, and Kyran Moore, who, if you listen to our player preview, was my pick for my guy to watch coming out of Sask. So, that is a tough one for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. We're skipping Week 3. Week 4... Connor, it's the first chance that you might get to see your Edmonton Elks. You can take it to the bank, much like those Matt Stafford odds, that I will be at BMO Field <laughs> yelling loudly. I saw it on Reddit, plug here, CFL, Reddit, CF Perspective is now a part of it. Get on that, find us on there. But I saw it on Reddit, some dude already bought an Elk Bugle call on Amazon I think that might be the play. I might have to go get one for myself. My girlfriend's going to fucking hate that. You know, I did buy my friend a moose call one one time, like years ago. I'm curious. We know the elk does not have a majestic call. So this might be something very interesting to hear going around a stadium if it's a legitimate thing. Oh, it is obnoxious. And I will be blowing hard into it. Elks at Toronto... I'm actually really excited for this one. It's going to be, I think, a pretty good matchup. Two teams that look like they're going to be relatively evenly matched. Both teams have good defenses. Questions on offense. I mean, we, we've we heard there may be a quarterback controversy, quarterback battle in Toronto. We don't really think so. I think it's going to be Nick Arbuckle. you got his two favorite guys, Juwan Breskison, Eric Rogers. I'm curious to see how Edmonton's going to be able to cover down on the new look Toronto Argos offense and what this... Edmonton Elks receiving core is going to be able to do against a, to be frank, pretty depleted Toronto Argonauts backfield. So evenly matched team, I think it's going to be a pretty good game here in week four. And from week four, we go into Labor Day weekend, which has to be the pinnacle of every CFL season. We're going to kick it off. We got our rivalries, Montreal, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, Toronto at Hamilton, opening up Tim Hortons field for the season. And then the Battle of Alberta, the Elks playing in their first round of that against the Calgary Stampeders. Oh my lord. Best week in football. This is the best week in football. Let's start it from the top. The Friday game, Montreal at Ottawa. Montreal is going to roll Ottawa next. Sunday, Banjo Bowl. Sask, upset. At home. Upset. Upset on the Blue Bombers. All right. All right. I like that take. Labor Day Classic, which is one of my favorite events in the CFL Toronto at Hamilton, Tim Hortons Field opening up. You gonna be there? Is that even a question I need to ask? I don't know if I'll be there. I'm gonna be. Uh, well, we will have just moved out of our place here in Toronto, so I may be at home enjoying a long weekend. But you can bet that I will be attached to my TV watching a blackout at Tim Hortons Field. I'm calling it now. They're going to go full blackout, full stadium of fans just screaming their heads off. Hamilton's gonna win that one, and then. Your Elks, are you going to say they win the first round? 
I mean, you heard my opinions during the Bet99 read on what I think of the Calgary Stampeders. Again, I'm taking the Elks in the Battle of Alberta. I think Calgary this season is all smoke, no heat. All right, week six is just going to be a switch up of those teams. Montreal is going to get a bye. Ottawa is going to be at BC. But the rest of them are just going to flip who's home and home. Uh, week seven, Toronto Argonauts just can't get out of the gauntlet. They have to go to Mosaic Stadium. Oh my lord, that's going to be a show and a half, I think, of offense. And that is Charleston Hughes back at his old team. Showing of offense, though. And it's not a building that guys like Breskison, Rogers, and Arbuckle are uncomfortable with either. So, mm-hmm. where do you see this one falling? I think Toronto's going to be beat up. Winnipeg's going to beat up on Saskatchewan. Like, it's going to be a physical, tough game. This one, I, by week seven, we could have a war of attrition. If we have a lot of injuries, like, say, Cody Fiardo goes down or you know, Kyran Moore goes down, like, that could swing this game. I know we don't want to wish injuries on people when we look at this through rose-colored lenses. You hope that everyone's healthy weeks 1 through 14, and that doesn't change a single thing. But I think that there's going to be a lot of injury questions, and it's going to be who's healthiest for this matchup. Oh, certainly. And like you said, we want to see the league through rose-colored glasses, but injuries are a part of the game. Injuries are a part of any sport. It's just freak plays that you can't control. Guys get hurt. Things happen. But that being said, this is where roster depth comes into play. Next man up, who has the deeper roster? Who do you like better here? I mean, we can say Toronto because they went out and signed the whole goddamn league. But I don't think that a lot of those guys that Toronto signed are going to be sticking around. Saskatchewan, I like their depth. What about you? I'm going to lean Saskatchewan here because of the mosaic crowd. Toronto will just have two weeks of going to Tim Hortons and then turning around and coming back against sorry they're going to have three games in Ontario in three weeks and then they're going to turn around and go out to Saskatchewan that's a tough travel especially after having such an easy traveling schedule before that I think Saskatchewan is going to be comfortable being at Saskatchewan, then at Winnipeg and back. That's not a whole lot of travel for them. So Saskatchewan's home crowd and the lack of having to travel out, I go Saskatchewan. Moving past week eight, we're moving into week nine here. Saskatchewan back up for us. Saskatchewan traveling to Calgary this time, though, and it is going to be an electric factory of a quarterback battle. Bo Levi Mitchell against Cody Fiardo. This could be one of the highest passing games I think we could see this year I know Montreal is going to have their numbers Hamilton's going to have their numbers Saskatchewan brings a lot of receiving talent into this game and the Calgary Stampeders although you mentioned they lost Juwan Breskison Eric Rogers I have a feeling that there's going to be guys step up for them in weird ways that by the end of this season or even by week nine at this point we're going oh my these guys are unreal and Bo Levi Mitchell has his pickings in this game, I could see this one being an upset for Calgary. Is that a little hint towards Colton Hunchak? It could be. I think Colton Hunchak's going to have a big year. I really hope so. It, the opportunity for Colton Hunchak is there. To go on a little bit of a U-sports tangent here, the opportunity is there for the kid. 
He's balled out. He's mm-hmm. showed up. He's done everything that that coaching staff has asked him to. And now I think for him, with Juwan Breskison and Eric Rodgers moving on, it's time. We get to see Colton Hunchak become that receiver that we know he can be. We saw it throughout his U-Sports career. The dude's athletic as hell. He's freaky. He's long. And he's not afraid to hit you in the mouth. Absolutely. We are going to go to week 10. This one is an odd week. The Ottawa Red Blacks and the Toronto Argonauts both play two games this week. They play each other on the Wednesday night, 7.30 game in the middle of the week at Toronto. And then the Red Blacks have to turn around and go to Montreal for a Monday nighter while the Toronto Argos just have to take a small detour down to Hamilton. That is an odd week for me. I'm going to be interested to see the turnaround that comes from a Wednesday night where these guys are playing each other and then they go back. You're going to have to think Thursday is a recovery day. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You've got three days before you're going on a Monday to travel and then you have your game. So it's going to be interesting, especially for Ottawa, who doesn't have a whole lot of time. They have to travel back after the game against Toronto and then have to travel again to Montreal. It's going to be an odd week. I could see both of them losing the back-to-back games. Uh, but that first game on Wednesday could make a hell of a difference coming down the stretch in the standings. Yeah, this was a really weird one. And this is why we had to highlight it because Ottawa Toronto play on the Wednesday night and then they turn around and play on Monday, which yes, technically that is in the next week, but they're listed as week 10 games. So it's very rare to see, it's very rare to see a two game week in football. It's just something that doesn't really happen Usually you play your game, you have a recovery day, you have the week to you have the the rest of the week to get ready for your upcoming matchup. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, I'm not going to lie. And Toronto's got to go play Hamilton, so that's going to be that's going to be a dog fight which I don't think they're going to get out of, I agree. And Ottawa, they're going to go play Montreal who looks like they could be the second best team in the East this year. So, I don't know, man. Coming off of a game like that, you got to hammer each other on Wednesday night, turn around and play a one o'clock game. On Monday, if you're Ottawa, in a four o'clock game on Monday night, if you're if you're Toronto, I just don't see how you can come out of week ten with two wins if you're either of these teams. Week eleven, the Toronto Argonauts get a bye. Ottawa has to play a home at home with Montreal, so they don't get a rest there. Week twelve, BC at Winnipeg. By this point in the season, BC could be well out of the standings. Maybe Mike Riley is injured. This could be prime Nathan Rourke territory. Could we see the young Canadian gunslinger step under center and lead the BC Lions in a regular season game? I think by this point in the season, if BC is wildly out of the playoff race, because let's there is there is something in place. Eight teams might get into the playoffs this year. If BC is firmly that ninth team that's not getting in, why not? What do you what do you got to lose? What are you saving him for as well is my question. And then let's play hypothetical here. If Nathan Rohr comes in, absolutely balls out. Let's say he sneaks out a win against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What do you do next season if you're BC? Just let him be. Roll. Let him keep going. Let him roll. Hot hand, keep it going. Lamar Jackson took over for Joe Flacco on an injury. Never looked back. MVP second year. Not saying Nathan Rourke's going to be MVP second year, but let him roll. You use the high draft capital on the kid, let him play. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. He was a second-round pick. He was the second pick for the BC Lions organization. Eventually, we're going to have to see this kid, right? We will. And week 13, next week coming up, though, after the Nathan Rourke potential showing, Saskatchewan at Montreal. This could be huge down the line in playoff seeding. Both of these teams were the top second-best team in their conferences in 2019. Coming down the road, this could be a juggernaut matchup that determines who gets a home playoff game or who has to travel on the road. So both of these teams can be very hungry. It could be interesting in Montreal. Two of the best teams in their respective divisions. Arguably two of the best teams to look forward to in the CFL this year. Again, if it's for playoff seating and you're fighting for a bye, it's late in the season, but teams are going to want that bye. Again, I think we're going to see another fight here for positioning. I, I don't know where this one's going to go. It could go either way. Montreal depends on what we see out of them. Their defense scares me a little bit. Now that they have Marc-Antoine Ducroix on the back end, I haven't mentioned him yet, so that was just a little bit of a plug for his name. But Saskatchewan's got a scary, scary offense, a solid defense. Yes, they lost Charleston Hughes, still have a damn good roster. Montreal, we'll see. I expect them both to be playoff teams. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup for me. Moving into week 14 and week 15, we have the Saturday night matchup. Montreal at Winnipeg. Turn around in week 15. Saturday afternoon, Winnipeg goes to Montreal. This is a big one. We've talked about Montreal as the second best team last year. We know Winnipeg won the Grey Cup last year. Before we get to week 16 and close out the season, we have... Two teams that are at the top of their conferences. Home and home is a dangerous game to play. We've got Winnipeg playing Calgary afterwards. Montreal, Ottawa a bit after in week 16. These games could solidify first round buys. It could solidify first overall seed. But a home at home is a tricky match because you don't know what stops is this team pulling out for us the second time around. Maybe they hold too much against their chest. For the first time around, I'm excited to see these two teams play home-at-home. You don't usually get a whole lot east to west with the home-at-homes. I know we've talked about the uh, rivalry week in Labor Day going home-at-home in week six. But this is a different level at the end of the season. And this is going to be one where the travel affects both teams in this situation. Montreal has got to go out to Winnipeg and play at Winnipeg. Then both teams have to fly back to Montreal and play in Montreal. So they're both going to be under the same duress of travel schedule. Montreal does have that advantage of playing at home when they do get back to Montreal. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Week 16. I know we said it at the top of the show. Week 1 could be a potential Grey Cup preview with Saskatchewan and Hamilton. Hamilton playing in Saskatchewan. Now week 16. We're going to get to see how serious this Grey Cup preview really might be Saskatchewan at Hamilton to end the season. And that would be a Grey Cup preview at the Grey Cup venue. So extra money on the line for that one. Uh, that one's a big game to close out the CFL season. And these teams are probably hoping that there's a first round buy in their immediate future. That does it. Closing out our breakdown of the 2021 CFL schedule that is going to kick off with Hamilton and Winnipeg August 5th, we finally, finally, finally are going to have some CFL football to watch. A couple thoughts, though, to round out the show before we close it out. 
Do you think a 14-game schedule is going to create a more competitive atmosphere? There is that old cliche, every game matters in football, which I actually hate hearing because no duh. But the season is shorter this year, and the margin for error shrinks with the shorter amount of games. While the margin of error shrinks, the size of the playoffs allows for some leeway. Because there are still six teams at least, maybe even eight getting in, I think we see the same competitive level. But because these guys have been pent up waiting to play for two years, I think that is going to push it over the edge. Uh, and it's going to be so much more high tension, high aggression, because these guys have just been waiting. And this is what they want to do. This is what they've trained two years to touch the field for. Another issue I have with the schedule, though, I tweeted this out. Do the Ottawa Red Blacks get a pass for sucking in 2019? Because they do not play the defending Grey Cup champions. I know you were bad, but why should you get a pass when there's only nine teams in the league and you play Montreal four times? At least give us one Laplace and Nichols matchup versus their old team. How do you... How do you have that, not have CFL football for over a year, two seasons? You don't have CFL football for two seasons. Lapolis and Matt Nichols both go to the Ottawa Red Blacks, and you don't schedule a matchup for their former team? Like I said, they're getting a pass for sucking. And I know uh, my mother is going to be messaging me, how come you said the Red Blacks suck? I know, Mom. I know. It's not fair. But this matchup... Should be playing. You guys shouldn't have to play Montreal four times and miss out on the defending Grey Cup champions. Montreal isn't an easy team to play, but they're not the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. No, I totally agree. I don't like it. Maybe it was a health and safety thing. But to me, if you can go to Saskatchewan, if you can go to Calgary, if you can go to BC, you can freaking go out to Winnipeg. Absolutely. One fun part with schedule rollouts, though, we saw the NFL start to do this a couple years ago and have big promotions for their schedules. Each team kind of puts their own flavor, spin on it. Maybe they get people to call in celebrity cameos. Maybe they get some funny graphics that make it look like Mario. CFL rollouts were pretty damn good this year. Who was your favorite? So I just want to give an honorable mention to the Toronto Argonauts. They had a fantastic rollout with the, Se- with the Seinfeld clips. Massive Seinfeld fan, so I thought that was fantastic. Very well done by them. Kudos to the Argos. But who's your team? Well, my team is my team. The Edmonton Elks. That was hilarious. You have to go back and check out what the Edmonton Elks did. They were looking for some big-time artists to come in and draw up the logos for their schedule rollout. Unfortunately, they were declined by all the major artists in Canada. So... They opted for the next best thing. Their kids. Yes, the Edmonton Elks had their kids draw the logos. So kids kids of players on the team and within the organization were drawing all the other team's logos. And it was just, it was, it was cute. It was funny. It was a good way to get some fan engagement. I don't know. I, I just loved it from top to bottom. There was some logos that were absolutely disrespectful because they were probably drawn by three-year-olds. My favorite one was the Alouette. It was a circle with a squiggly line in the middle of it. I mean, that's, that's a perfect look for their A with the bird. I it's mean, pretty much it their matches. logo. They even had the colors right: gray and more gray. 
I love the Elks. You took them, unfortunately. So I could not piggyback off that. So I'm going to throw it out to the nation's capital where we saw Louis Ward and Antoine Pruneau having some spicy wings while they released the schedule week by week. Oh, God. Some of those spices were probably atrocious. But it's all for the entertainment of the fans. I thought it was well done. Hopefully those guys had a warm glass of milk, some rice, water, whatever you t- use to cool off from spice. That one was rough. I was going to say, somebody gave Antoine Pruneau a glass of milk. That dude looked like he was absolutely suffering. That's it for now, though. Next week, we're going to be bringing you guys some more U Sports and CFL talk, as per always. But for now, you know where to find us. At Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Respective. And as always, the Canadian Football Perspective podcast is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For 15% off all your return to play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15. And before we do go, just want to take a second to give that oh so beautiful shout out to Sawdust City Brewing Company who offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This June, this June, yes, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFP, all caps, during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. You must be legal drinking age. That does it for today's show. Go back and check out the other great episodes this week. On the A Block, Marsh had Jackson from 3Down Development on the show. We hit it hard with the CFL is officially back episode on All Canadian on Tuesday. Marsh and DT broke it down on the breakdown with one big question for every CFL team coming up this 2021 season. And of course, Marshmallow are back with that Friday house party tomorrow. Stay tuned. We will be back next week.